Hit it. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Oh. You're listening to Pod Me If You Can. This is Pod Me If You Can. Movie reviews by David and Lloyd. An Australian podcast on your favorite movies. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Welcome to Pod Me If You Can. I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And we're here to talk about Kevin Smith's new film, Tusk. Just a heads up, we're speaking with spoilers in mind, so check out Tusk before continuing the podcast. Lloyd, uh, first of all, being podcasters ourselves, it's great to see a podcast. Yeah, no, I love that aspect of it. It was fantastic. And that was like a legit occupation. I'm a podcaster. That was really cool. Yeah, and I mean, I know... Uh, Michael Park's character doesn't know what that is, and a lot of people probably don't know what that is. But I mean, here we are on our own podcast talking about a film which include pod- includes podcasts, which I think is great. Yeah. What did you think of their podcast, the Nazi podcast, Nazi podcast? Yeah, well, I I personally haven't. Um, I I don't listen to any of those kind of podcasts myself, but I do watch kind of YouTube videos about that, whether it's movie reviews, gaming reviews, etc., with that style of sense of humour. They seem a lot more aggressive in the show, and I think that was obviously uh, a thing there. But the closest uh, podcast I listen to that's like the show that's depicted in Tusk, the podcast show, is uh, the Joe Rogan experience, where they talk about general things like uh, viral videos and things like that. I actually thought the opening where you see the viral video of the kid decapitating his leg, I thought that was a very weak moment. Like, obviously it was CGI, but it could have been, I don't know, without CGI with real effects, they could have really pulled that one off, you know? Oh, do you think they should have got somebody with a prosthetic leg and actually... Yeah, just something like that, because it was just so obviously CGI. So at first I thought, oh, okay, it's a fake viral video. And then when, you know, the film got going, oh, that was a serious video. And the thing is, the whole point of it was that the kid accidentally cut his leg off while trying to be a samurai. And, you know, just because it was so fake, I just thought it was a fake viral video that they were watching. Well, when I sort of watched the Kill Bill kid, if you will, um, there's obviously that foreshadowing where he says, I don't need both legs, you know, uh, foreshadowing his own loss of leg later. But you do sort of feel a little bit like, sorry for him. Oh, yeah. it's, It's a real bullying kind of moment, isn't it? Yeah. And I suppose that's supposed to set you up with Justin Long's character, Wallace, which sounds like walrus, obviously on purpose to be a bit of a you know a bit of a villain and you sort of think maybe this is karma yeah exactly um he was such an awful person i think they succeeded absolutely in depicting that and it contrasts nicely with what happens to him but with what happens to him is so horrific you sympathize with him a lot yeah what do you think about um you don't listen to Smodcast at all, Kevin oh, Smith's I've listened podcast? to a couple of episodes, yeah, and one of my favourite Joe Rogan um, experience, which is the main one, I just don't have enough time to listen to all the podcasts I would like to listen to. Uh, one of my favourite episodes is when he interviewed Kevin Smith, and that's what got me, oh, maybe I should listen more to the Smodcast. Smodcast, yeah. Well, the Smodcast has become a bit of an empire in terms of, like, uh, he does another podcast with Jay Muse, you know, about his sobriety. He does um, a series of podcasts and it became basically a weekly uh, thing with uh, Smodcast. And um, they have a whole, I suppose, 24-hour Smodco, you know, channel now available. It's like a radio, online radio, I suppose, that keeps going and they play replays and everything. But um, just to give you an idea, the idea from this movie, it is in the credits. It came from Smodcast number 259, 
which was The Walrus and the Carpenter. That was the name of the episode. And Scott Mosier and Kevin Smith discuss a Gumtree article where a homeowner offers free room and board to a lodger as long as they agree, agree to dress like a walrus, which is where the concept of this film came from. And I actually listened to the episode and I told my wife about it because I thought it was hilarious. And Kevin Smith did an online campaign where he asked people to hashtag walrus yes or walrus no if they wanted the film to be made. And I'm guessing that it must have been more walrus yes than no because he wrote a script, he cast a lead, he cast a villain. The film happened, you know? It's amazing to me that on a podcast you can talk about something, people can really fall in love with it and then it can be... A reality. That's one of the things that attracted me so much to this movie. Like, I didn't know that prior to watching this movie. And then when I was reading into it, it just fueled me with so much enthusiasm. And I did listen to a lot of the podcasts. I didn't have time to finish it, unfortunately, in time for this podcast. <laughs> um, and uh, I, th- I think that is so incredible how you can hear the genesis of this story beginning and it's really just a couple of guys getting high talking, you know. I'm sure we've we've had those conversations talking about ideas. And then to see it come out into fruition as a film, that's incredible. Makes me think we should probably do more rambling podcasts <laughs> where we just, we just discuss things and just see what comes out, you know. Yeah, if I have time. Like, I, I've, uh, I also watched a lot of uh, Q&A with uh, Kevin Smith. And he is brilliant as a public speaker. And uh, he talks about how he... The biggest thing that encouraged him to really make this movie because he keeps going on about his retirement was the fact that people going oh is that all it takes to make a movie you just talk about it and that's it like they can you know people and listeners could actually see the genesis of this product to the end and it really encouraged people to follow their own ideas and make a movie and that's what encouraged kevin smith uh, to to make them to make the movie. So yeah, you know, if if I had time, I would. There's a million ideas I'd love to make, but it's just a matter of finding time. <laughs> I think we did our fourth ever Pod Me If You Can episode was Red State, and I think we discussed at some length in that episode Kevin Smith's retirement. Mm. He had at the time said 2011, I believe. He said uh, Red State would be his final film, or um, that he was going to do one more film and that would be it. He he hadn't the love for it anymore I suppose um, but then something like this it energised him and he's decided to make it himself you know and he's the kind of guy that will write and then direct his own project and he also edits a- his own film which is uh, something that will come up in this review as well oh he edits films as the film's being yeah. shot so people can watch the final production like at the after party like they're like oh we just made a film and there's a rough cut of it you know which is amazing It's a it's an amazing sort of uh, work ethic. Yeah, a lot of uh, directors are employing that uh, ability now. I feel bad for editors, people who go into jobs now as pure editors. You're going to see this whole new generation of writer, director, slash editor. All right, let's get into the film Tusk. Um, I, th- I imagine this would be a very polarizing film, Lloyd. So, did you like it? I liked Tusk. I had a few issues, which is what I want to get into. But, um, yeah, I, I think, again, uh, Kevin Smith, just like Red State, uh, which I liked up until the last um, 20 minutes, has incredible talent, and I think he's maturing more and more. And I um, the parts in this movie I really loved, and the parts I hated in this movie I really hated. So I'm kind of stuck in a weird situation, but overall I found this a very interesting movie. 
It is, and I think you keep waiting to see Justin Long in that walrus costume. I think uh, if you've heard the podcast, if you know what's coming up... How much did you, you know of, of the podcast prior to watching the movie? Well, I'd listened to the podcast, oh, okay. to the episode. Yeah. I hadn't listened to recent episodes. I'm sure he had discussed Tusk So you listened more. to the podcast prior to this, um, even watching it? Yeah, yeah, I haven't kept up to date with Smodcast, yeah. so I'm not up to date. I'm not sure, you know, if they've discussed it more um but i had listened to the original episode at the time yeah uh basically they discuss it as if it was a horror film and like do funny voices you listen to part of the podcast as well um but pretty much they i believe they say in the episode that then he should um he has to embrace becoming a walrus and fight the other guy in the walrus suit at the end (laughs) killing him and then because he's embraced becoming a walrus like psychologically something's changed and he is now a walrus yep. and he refuses to be human anymore yeah. and they said that in the podcast so i kind of knew pretty much exactly where the film was going well well i um, didn't know any of that and so this movie had a very and this is really rare and really great to experience i had no idea where this movie was going right i knew the title task i'm like what Okay, Tusk, and I think I saw a couple of uh, movie posters, so I wasn't sure. And so it was a really interesting experience, and that reveal of the walrus was really horrific. I was like, oh my gosh. And he, Kevin Smith brought this up in a Q&A about uh, the human centipede, how when that movie came out, like, the gloves are off. It was like, oh, we can do that. Like, Kevin Smith has not seen the human centipede, but he knows of it, you know, and it's just like, oh, we can do, you know, really horrific things like that now. Okay, let's, let's do this, you know. And um, it was really full-on you know that that moment i didn't find it funny and listening to the podcast it was like a comedy you know where they were going for like i I did not find i found it horrific and tragic you know you do sort of feel for him because obviously this has got that kind of hostel vibe in Mm -hmm. that you know anyone could be abducted and then tortured just like human centipede yep yeah, I've never seen Human No, me neither have I, but I did watch... can't say I have a big interest in it. <laughs> no, me either. I've watched... Uh, oh, and everyone's seen the South Park episode, the Apple iPad episode. But um, I, I saw a Tosh 2.0, if I'm saying that correctly. I love Tosh. I think it's fantastic. He does a 20-minute review of it explaining exactly what has happened. It's just him sitting in a very bad green screen talking about the human centipede. And watching that, I feel like feel like I've seen the whole movie. It's it, I, I really advise everyone to watch it. Tosh is just brilliant at explaining things (laughs) I um sort of knowing what was happening I sort of I suppose I found Tusk to be kind of just the formula I was I sort of knew where it was going I do enjoy Kevin Smith's writing style and um every now and then he'll throw in these jokes that are very much the humor of the podcast and things like that he did have one joke when he's at the Canada border and he says there are Canadoos and Canadotes (laughs) And it very much reminded me of that Once Upon a Time in Mexico line where he says, are you a Mexican or a Mexican? I love that line. Yeah, which I felt was totally lifted. But anyway, (laughs) he sort of circumstantially finds his way to Howard Howe. Like the the whole karma thing, it wasn't obviously in the the podcast, the initial podcast. You don't sort of know that he's a bad guy in any way. Sort of, that was all a bit of a surprise. And I found Justin Long played... You know, everything pretty convincingly. He's kind of a jerk with that mustache. He he played drugged out with the T very, very convincingly, I thought. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I've only known Justin Long from uh, Galaxy Quest, which is a brief role. Uh, but I think he d- does an incredible job in this movie. 
Oh, he's been living in romantic comedies lately. Oh, okay. So <laughs> that may be why you don't know him, I guess. <laughs> anyway, uh, he, he sort of has that jerky rant where he talks about how New Wallace made a hundred grand last year in ads alone. Yeah. You know, before t-shirt sales and, you know... I thought this would be a great opportunity to let advertisers know. Plug me if you can. <laughs> I was just like, well, you made 100 grand from podcasts and we do this for free. <laughs> we do this as yeah. a hobby. You can make money from this. <laughs> I didn't realize he was going to lose his leg. I think that element wasn't in the initial podcast. That was sort of a surprise to me that he would have to remove a leg to make him fit into the tail. Oh, it is costume, so terrifying when that happened. Like, he just wakes up and this guy has taken away his leg. And it's just like, well, that's it. You know, he's forever now lost that leg. And it is, you know, the, there's no positive turn th- this can go, you know. It's really horrific. He's really in the pit of hell now, and this is no joke. You know, that that scene was just terrifying. And I think that scene came after the flashback he had um, where he's having uh, sex with the really stunning girl, Sonic Rodriguez, Genesis Rodriguez. I can't say I looked up her name, but... Yeah, yeah she, I thought she did a great job. She's not just a pretty face. You know, she can act. <laughs> I, I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing more but movies. But you do need that. that pretty face in these horror films, don't you? Yeah, exactly. But it's rare you see someone who pours... Like, I think she delivered one of the, the one of the most important speeches in the movie where it's about, um, you know, animals. What separates us from animals is that we cry or something like that. And it's it just really touching because you get an understanding of her background, her Spanish, her Hispanic sort of back, background with the grandmother and things like that and it just sort of put a human tragic level to it at the ending which we'll get to when um he first enters the house and michael parks is in the wheelchair and he's upstairs and he's got his leg crossed in the wheelchair mm. why was he upstairs i was immediately suspicious and i think he should have been too that <laughs> yeah. he was in a wheelchair and he was upstairs you know he's like come on up you know like there's no live-in help there's there's no sort of way of yeah, how did he get up the stairs? It's a little bit reminded me of Gattaca, you know, that scene of Jude Law crawling yeah, yeah. up the stairs like he had to <laughs> do that. When he says, I'm truly sorry for your loss about the leg and he suppresses a laugh, he's very creepy there, Michael Parks. Yeah. Absolutely. I think when he did the itsy bitsy spider moment at the dinner, it was silly. <laughs> uh, That's I, where I, it- I didn't think that was the silliest moment. Uh, <laughs> the... D- the meeting with the inspector and the spider in the toilet that was the that was the worst moment <laughs> for me in the movie he did meet him in that flashback you know obviously uh johnny depp playing that I, I gotta just talk about johnny depp for a second i didn't even know that was johnny depp till i looked this movie up did you spot it right no. away I did know it was Johnny Depp, yeah. Oh my god, I feel so embarrassed. I didn't and I actually think one of the worst parts of this movie and one of the best parts of this movie because it succeeded, I didn't even know it was Johnny Depp, was the makeup of Johnny Depp's character. Uh, I thought like the the makeup artist who did it was like so close to a perfection. Um, but just didn't finish the eyebrows and hair because that's the only complaint. I thought the eyebrows and hair looked way too fake and comedic. Um, it, it just feel like, oh yeah, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Hey, you guys ready to shoot? We're gonna shoot now. Oh, I'll just go. You know, um, I, it, it just gave me one of those moments. Like everything was about because they hid Johnny Depp to me. I didn't even know it was Johnny Depp so well, except for the eyebrows and hairs. I, I was constantly looking at it because the light looks stupid. But Johnny Depp is so good as that um, French. D- inspector Guy, Guy Dupont Pierre Dupont like, I love his eyes going cross-eyed and you know he's a bit alcoholic and things like that that was fantastic <laughs> sorry Guy Lapont. Oh, okay Guy Lapont. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, that, um, that scene where he shows Michael Parks meeting him for the first time around with the spider reference. In that sequence, I mean, are we supposed to believe he's putting on that kind of uh, mental uh, state? Or is he, like, insane in general? Is he multiple personalities? Like, what's the, what's the background of this villain, I was wondering, like? I, I think uh, Michael Parks's um, character knew danger bells was ringing. Like I think he had a, a victim inside, and yeah. it was just like okay, this outsider is coming in, and he's obviously a cop or something. Like Michael Parks is a really the character is really brilliant. He's just going to play so stupid to make sure this guy gets away. You know, just play this character. I don't think he actually thinks he's re- mentally disabled. I, I I actually think that that was the worst scene in the movie. It should have been cut. Uh, or should have been heavily cut down. Uh, I didn't believe a second for it, except for Johnny Depp's performance. But I, I don't think Michael Parks uh, was suited to that moment. Although Kevin Smith heavily defends that scene, saying it was one of the best scenes he's ever seen to see Johnny Depp. Uh, it's the only scene they share together, and to see Johnny Depp and Michael Parks play off each other is brilliant. For some reason, I would love to see this film with uh, Christopher Walken in the Michael Parks role. <laughs> That's brilliant. I can just imagine this kind of eeriness to him sitting in that chair mm. and turning and just playing it so creepy but so straight-faced at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I suppose Michael Parks, most recently I've seen him in Red State, so just seeing a bit of repetition in Kevin Smith's casting. Yep. Is a man indeed a walrus at heart? <laughs> That's the question Michael Parks asks, and when Justin Long cries for help, Michael Parks makes loud walrus noises. It's an insane question. Obviously, the background is Michael Parks' character was lost at sea, he was saved by a walrus, and when he was saved by him, he subsequently ate his friend to survive, and then was rescued. So, he's always felt guilty about it, presumably his entire life, and uh, has dressed multiple people as walruses and Justin Long has gotten the furthest of anybody. And also, now, when we s- yeah, also he, he gives a bit of a backstory about how he was a kid in an orphanage or a, a thing, and he was uh, sexually abused by a lot of people. That was a very well-delivered monologue by Michael Parks, like all his monologues. I find some of his narration a bit boring, and, and <laughs> that loss, to, loss of innocence and better to be a walrus stuff um, when he's sewing him into the costume, I was just waiting to see that costume because you're seeing pictures of the costume on the wall. Yeah. You're seeing his needle point going up and down. And I'm just like, come on, let's let's get to that money <laughs> shot of, like, you know, the walrus costume. It's just waiting for it. But um, Well, I've watched that scene again. I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Maybe I was just being impatient <laughs> yeah, with the film. Yeah. That twist, and I put that in very inverted commas, of Haley Joel Osment sleeping with the girlfriend. Yeah. Or at least comforting her, you know? Did you see that coming? No, I didn't. But I I just saw that as a stage... Like, I like it how the film didn't centralise it or anything like that. It was just like, oh, this is just a matter of fact, you know, sort of moments. Like, um, she's having a relationship with uh, the Sixth Sense kid. (laughs) Hayley Joel Osment, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Teddy, if you will, his character is Teddy. Yeah, no, I, I totally saw that coming, especially from the moment where he says, you know, she's so beautiful, you don't deserve her, man, you know, sort of... Where he's talking to him before he's talking about going on the road to Canada and getting that, I don't know, uh, what he refers to it as. Yeah. <laughs> the random sort of roadie girls who are into the podcast. I wonder what Justin Long's uh, recording gear was. Like, I'm assuming he had it in his bag, but like he was going to go to the kid to interview him. 
um, obviously, I guess he just had a basic audio recording gear, and then he was just going to verbally say what happened to um, Haley Joel Osment when he came back to record the um, show. Well, that seemed to be the format, is that he would retell the story yeah. to Teddy, who didn't travel at all because he hated flying, yeah. which is a nod to Kevin Smith. He hates flying. And he travels everywhere in, like, a customized van. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he sort of just retells the story, and this guy reacts as if it's the first time he's ever heard it. Yeah. I would love to watch uh, Nightly News, where the newscaster hasn't read the stories, <laughs> and we're watching them read it for the first time. <laughs> I think that would be amazing and you watch these people just you know get empathy or react or be horrified or whatever to the news and you know it would tell you if you got somebody you know ethically morally you know the right way then you would get this person who would react the correct way and everyone would love watching them because they would get the news from this reliable source that mm-hmm. reacted the way that they felt it would be amazing but anyway that kind of first reaction you can't sort of buy that so that's that's the money of their podcast is that someone's telling the other one about it and the other one hasn't seen or experienced it yeah which is actually like our youtube channel (laughs) where one of us tells the other about a film they've watched and the other one hasn't seen it and asks questions i really yeah i really love the mystery aspect of this movie like i know it's a horror film but it's just so simple this guy who you know the occupation is a podcaster so not many people know what podcaster is but let's just say he's a journalist going for an interview and the interview fails and he ends up finding this other guy he interviews him and he ends up you know uh, unfortunately for him it's a psychopathic um uh, serial killer Uh, he finds his girlfriend um, and his best friend, who are now together, go um, to find him in Canada. What has happened to him? Because he's left a message, a really horrific message. They don't, they don't get answers. They end up teaming up with this inspector. Who goes, yeah, he's definitely caught by this serial killer. And then the way they find where the seri- where Michael Parks resides was funny and it was i just love the simplicity of it how they just go into that convenience store and then they ask him and by the way i think that's johnny depp's daughter and kevin smith's daughter i didn't look You're it up correct. Yep. okay sure they, they did a fantastic job really well done girls <laughs> um well they have a sequel coming out a sequel yes yoga hoses is the next film um that kevin smith has in the pipeline he's in filming because he keeps putting pictures on Instagram at the moment but um, Yoga Hoses is about those two in Canada and there's also a scene with Guy Laponte Johnny Depp because he's also in the Instagram feed (laughs) that's awesome Uh, but I love it how they're just like um, oh did he write anything down yeah he wrote uh, a thing on the pad and then he you know scribbles with a a pencil exactly and then there it is there's the location which sort of fizzles there because really they should have called in SWAT or all these cops to investigate rather than just themselves armed going into the house but I love that simplicity and how he goes oh that's on the big Lebowski and then the the inspector goes that's exactly where I learnt this as well (laughs) I love the delivery it was so funny Uh, it was fantastic and then it's a showdown it's so simple it's not a big case of like a csi moment where they find you know special evidence locating you know where the footsteps are leading to the the evil layer or anything like that it was just so simple so structurally i think this movie was fine uh which we're going to get to i think my only disappointment with movie other than the the um dis you know him playing a disabled person get the spider away from my toilet scene uh was a couple
couple of the flashback sequences, and I didn't like the ending where they where they come to visit him and he's in a little hut and they give him a fish, and uh, I, I didn't like that ending. Oh, absolutely. I um, I thought when they meet the killer two years back, the demeanor is just like the character in the in Office Space. You know, the one who's like my my stapler. They, what have they done with my stapler? You know, <laughs> where I didn't get paid this week. He didn't get cake or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I reckon those two performances almost line up. Yeah. The only real moment that made me jump in this horror film was... Because I guess I knew what ha- was happening, so that's by default. I was kind of at an advantage. Uh, but when that second Tusk costume is underwater and somebody else is drowned... Yeah. I thought that was a lovely touch, just because the amount of people he has to kill to make these costumes or the amount of you know walruses he's killed or whatever just alone and then you find out he's killed 23 people yeah uh the johnny depp stuff was great it was exposition heavy but it was really funny so it was just sort of passed the time nicely it was really well paced and um sort of breath of fresh air at that point in the film you know Mm -hmm. the motivation he had where he eats the walrus like uh that saved him and that's what's messed him up the music that plays there was in oceans 11 as well oh really that's what the, triggered that memory in me. Just in that scene where he swims with the Justin Long suit, yeah. you know, um, walrus in the water. Yep. I gotta say, I think the final battle was shot well enough, mm-hmm. you know, but one year later, bringing him fish, and I, again, I knew this was gonna happen. Why would people let him live in that sanctuary yeah, that's, as a walrus? That's the problem with the ending. Like, I, I, my mind was too distracted to focus on the drama. And it's obviously a tragic scene, a funny scene, but I think mostly tragic how the girl will probably... This is probably the last time he'll, she'll see him and you see a bit of his humanity still there. I wasn't thinking of any of that, despite the grand efforts of Kevin Smith and the performances of Justin Long and the beautiful Rodriguez girl. Uh, I wasn't thinking of any of that because the whole time I was thinking, okay, so it's been a year. How has he survived here? Are they feeding him? Is he like a freak show? Are they studying him? You know what I mean? My mind was thinking about all these things. Had the film just ended where they bust in, they see him just kill Michael Parks, and then he cries there, and the girl cries, and then we cut to black, it would have been such a grand ending. It would have just been like, wow, that was that was unreal. You know, like, he's he, is he now a walrus? You see a bit of his humanity there. He's crying. Is he going to survive? Is he going to be okay? but instead of having that year afterwards your mind goes to like a thousand different things like what happened and in the end I just thought well that's just stupid you know it's just really stupid like my complaints are really simple I think just a simple re-edit of this um, could get it to the way I like it (laughs) not that the way I like it saying much but I think this is the problem with if you're going to edit your own movies because you grow too attached to the scenes giving it to a different person to edit they are looking at it at a fresh angle they're just like yeah we'll cut this we'll cut that and i do agree with kevin smith and a lot of people like robert Rodriguez who defend like they should edit their own movies orson wells was like this as well he said you should only ever edit your own movies otherwise another person's making your film but at the same time you can't divorce yourself from a scene and i think that hurts a lot of great movies like we talked about with django unchained a a lot of that went on for too long and you can feel tarantino's hand although he doesn't edit his own films you can feel tarantino go no no i want this scene in and you know overlong sequence and definitely with um uh tusk 
and a lot of Robert Rodriguez movies, you're seeing scenes that shouldn't be there. You're seeing badly paced sequences um, and and things like that. Uh, I, I just think it just needed another guy to tighten this up. You might be right. It did feel a little bit long in parts. Also, um, I feel like one year later is far too long. Yeah. Like maybe by one year of living as a walrus, he wouldn't have a soul anymore. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's. Such... Uh, I automatically thought, no, nah, he wouldn't be getting the nutrients. Like, he wouldn't be healthy. He would be a sick, and he would eventually die of malnutrition. I was thinking of crazy things like that. You know, I wasn't thinking yeah. about the drama. I was just thinking, how? Okay, in my mind, how is this logically going to be possible? You know, is he going to have enough sustenance? Is he now a freak show of people studying him? You know, just oh, man. Look, the film was shot in fifteen days. It must have been financially viable. If they made it for like a million bucks or something, I can see this making 10 plus, you know. And the film looks already. fantastic. Like, all the scenes, the. Like, I, I, I don't know if it's the, how well the camera moves or everything like that, but when we're in Michael Parks's uh, mansion and we're seeing all the instruments, the bloody instruments, and then the walrus suit, it just all looked really good. Uh, a lot, I've read a, a lot of reviews that they reckon the walrus suit scene should have been very darkly lit so it's what you see and don't see sort of thing like it would have been much more of an Uh, impact but i actually like the bright lighting i don't know it just really showcases the tragedy and horror of it i I don't know but I, i do agree it would have been a completely different tone had it been lit very darkly like almost just by one little light maybe it could have been revealed slowly instead of more instantly are you saying like some of it stays in the darkness and some of it comes into the light yeah see i mean i wanted to get to the suit as quickly as possible <laughs> but i mean that's mainly because i knew what was yeah coming well i didn't so you know it was just like where is this film yeah. going to me yeah look um after this one yoga hoses sounds like kevin smith's next film he's also got moose jaws what happened to which clerks is like three, jaws Sorry? what happened to clerks three? Oh, apparently it's still there somewhere oh, okay uh, moose jaws which is like jaws with a moose so I guess they're in a forest or something <laughs> there's a two part hockey film Kevin Smith has talked about making in the past and there's Clerks 3 so uh, subject to change he has not retired at all yeah I don't think you should <laughs> ever say retire like uh, you know you can do movie making in your 70s you know it's not like uh, being an athlete where you have a very short window of time to really excel in that area it's like writing you know you can as long as there's no mental disintegration or disabilities you can make movies for a very long time exactly Clint Eastwood is a perfect example of that although Ridley I haven't Scott. seen Jersey yep. Boys yeah. <laughs> and Ridley Scott sure yeah guys look if you go to podmeifyoucan.com we recently did an upcoming films podcast that you might like to listen to. It's probably a little bit of a roadmap of some of the films we'll be sh- checking out the rest of this year. But um, yeah, drop us a line on Facebook and uh, yeah, podmeifyoucan.com is the place to go for all of our archived podcasts. But uh, until next time, thanks very much for listening. Hit it. Ooh. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Pod Me If You Can. Movie reviews. 